0: BLOB TALK RADIO Welcome back my friends To the show that never ends We're so glad you could attend Come inside, come inside Stay behind the glass There's a real blade of grass Be careful as you pass Move along, move along oh. Viva
1: la France, viva la France Viva la France Viva la France!
0: France! World Cup
1: champions, France. Is that all we have to say about that? They came, they saw they conquered? And they did it really well. (laughs) Look, welcome to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean, Sports Radio. I say viva la France because this team... Not only wins the World Cup, but may have set themselves up for a dynasty going forward. Seth, I I I know I'm not the soccer expert here, but as we spoke about last week, I did do a fair amount of watching of the World Cup. France wins over Croatia four to two, which really wasn't as close as even that. The team is the team has the majority of the people under 25, and probably the best player in uh the best player under 25 in the world if not the best player of the next 10 years in the world are they setting themselves up for a legacy here of multiple world cup champions in the future
2: um i'm not really going to go that far yeah uh, yeah france look great and mbappe looks you know looks phenomenal um, they were the deserved winner. I mean, they pretty much – I wouldn't say they dominated the game against Croatia, but after a – yeah, but they were the better team. They played better. They did deserve the win. Um, yeah, they're young. They're talented. Other than their goalie, Laura, so it was phenomenal, except for the last goal, which he, which he led up. By that point, the game was long and since decided. Uh, it's just too early to tell. And teams don't win back to back. Teams don't win back to back. Jake apparently also is done, but don't win back to back World Cups. It just it happens so rarely. I mean, you go back; the last one I think happened, and I, I could be wrong. I think would be Brazil in '66 and '70. Um, you know, we we always have these. Italy will be back and embarrassed after four years, the Netherlands will be back. you are going to have a lot of talent out there. And as good as they were, it's impossible to gauge where any team is going to be four years from now. But that said, it was a really fun World Cup. It kind of reminded me of the Olympics, regards that I love it. And then I'm kind of glad, you know, by the end, I'm kind of glad it's done. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: I didn't watch the third place. I saw parts of the first of the final. So saw the second half of the final. I'm kind of ready for a soccer hiatus for a month. Pretty much, I'm on sports hiatus for a month. I'm not sure what to do with myself.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you two things first of all. So, so you said the goal for those that did not watch the the final uh, the finals on Sunday at 11 o'clock Eastern and 8 o'clock in Arizona, the second goal by Croatia was basically a pass back to the goalie, and the goalie either misplayed it or did not play it well enough, gave it basically two Croatia-Croatia scores. I'm not sure that's the goalie's fault. I, I wanted to ask you about this as as I was watching it. I didn't get a chance to for many different reasons. But my question is, I thought it was much more the defender's fault than the goalie's fault. So you don't pass the don't ball pass back.
2: It wasn't much he could do. I can see the argument. Yeah, um, yeah. Loris should have probably known better, but it it was not. A, I agree, it was not a great kick. Um, it, it did not put him in the best of positions. But I guess also, as I said, the reality was: look, Loris won in the Belgian game. He was the best. He. I'm not sure they particularly won that game other than Loris making three sensational saves. Um. And. Oh, and look, he's one of the best goalies in the world for not. He's not one of the best goalies in the world for nothing. And you mentioned Jake's- that
1: there was. Se- you mentioned that there were several teams that were not in this year's World Cup: Netherlands, uh, Italy, etc. Does that take away from the victory of France, or is the World Cup no. a World Cup? And in twenty years, you'll never know it anyway.
2: No, I don't think it takes away from it look you have to qualify italy is in a tough is in a pretty tough bracket i believe their division was was with spain and sweden and the sweden beat them in the play in game um, or they had to be i think that was it and you know spain is probably the best probably the best team in the world just had a terrible cup you know when you change your coach with manager two days before um, you know it, it's certainly not bound to be helpful so, I, Italy will be back. You know, I don't But it's like anything else. There's always teams that don't make it. There's always, when only, when there's 200, when there's 32 teams that make a World Cup, and there's 200 countries, there's going, to be some, there's going to be some good countries that just, don't, they just fail to qualify. And, and you know, especially in Europe, when, you know, when you can only have eight or nine or ten, I don't know the number, of teams in, you know, of the top 25 in the world, probably 10 to 12 of them are European. So this, every year, and Jake is, Jake is pretending to be a soccer player right now while he kicks his ball under the crib. Good job, Jake. Um, every, every tournament, there's shocking teams that don't make it. So Italy, look, Italy is as big a surprise as any in recent memory, but it's not anything we haven't seen before. So why is there a third place game? I, I was actually quite surprised. So
1: I know why there is one in the Olympics. You get a bronze medal, but
2: are there medals in the world cup that I just missed? No, It's just, it's just traditional. Um, no reason in particular that I know of.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I was a want- little taken aback by, I did not. Um, I I saw no, for the same reason I do not watch the the bronze medal games, I don't need to see the consolation bracket. I I really had no no desire to watch it. And second of all, it was, again, at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, while I was in Arizona. So for me to get up for a sporting event like that, either the United States has to be in it or it has to be a gold, gold medal game. I've done it for both, but that would be about it. I am extremely looking forward to four years from now. And you, as I said last week, if you asked me that at the beginning of the World Cup, I'm not sure I would have said that. So I'm pleasantly surprised by my interest. And I think the country's interest in a World Cup, when if it was that popular and the U.S. is not in it, I'm looking forward to four years from now when they are very much. So
2: and the odds are they will be there in a very, very weird tournament. I think it's going to be in the four years from November because of the heat. It's going to be in, in Qatar, which is a whole other you know controversy that maybe four years from now we'll, we'll be discussing. Um, yeah. It did shockingly well ratings wise. Obviously, when you don't have the U.S. in it, you're not going to hit the bars that you'd like to hit. I thought that Fox did a really did a pretty good job, and you know Mexico was good. There were some the games were fun. You know there were there weren't as many one zero games as you've seen in, in the past in the past, and I think it's also a lot of people who kind of grew up playing soccer you know, and watched the 94, 98, 94 Cup when it was in the U.S. are now young adults. So they're they're watching. And people who, you know, it's a sport that has grown in popularity, though not not from the domestic league standpoint, in the last 10 years, and these are people who are watching. So I'm not – I was I was surprised the ratings did as well as they did. I'm sure Fox was actually, all things considered, pretty happy. And, you know, we'll see, what, we'll see what the U.S. is in four years. They should be there. And, you know, look, it, it, there's always the question of, you know, for the last 20 years, we've been talking about when is soccer going to become, you know, not become, you know, kind of break into the big four of sports. In my mind, there really only – there is no big four. Hockey has been – Fallen way off the precipice years ago, in baseball, you know, can, although they do well financially, consider popularity wise, continues to kind of just stagnate at best. So there is room for a soccer to kind of jump up there. We're just we've just never seen it, and I don't know what's going to be the to get it. I
0: found it interesting that you
1: mentioned. I found it interesting that you mentioned the Fox broadcast. So another question I wanted to ask you there is no sport that I recall watching where you have people of a former country, even in the Olympics, or a former player such as like Steve Kerr with the Bulls, or a former baseball player like John Smoltz when he is announcing the Braves, where you saw people be so energetic for one team versus another, the way that the broadcast team basically were so energetic towards, uh, not the broadcast team, but maybe the people in the uh, the studio, were so energetic towards England. I'm not sure I like that. (laughs) I I was wondering on your take, because they certainly
2: were not impartial. (laughs) Oh, Sorry. My soon-to-be two-year-old son is screaming hysterically for reasons I don't quite understand. Except that he is still running a fever. So, hold on. Uh, The reality is that Jakey, fall. Okay. The reality is that you always need a team. They're they're always going to back somebody. Typically, it's going to be the U.S. And you know, with, sorry, with, you know, nationalism at an all time, with, a, yeah, he's fine. With an all, nationalism kind of at an all, in extremes in all positions, usually, usually with, you, you never can really, sorry, I'm kind of blubbering, but the gist of it, who else are they going to pull? There, there's always going to be biased towards somebody. It's just the nature of any of this kind of event, and when you have a lot of people from england participating in the pregame show, then there's going to be more england based This was an england team that wasn't expected to that wasn't expected to be very good they were they were they were very solid um, mexico you know is just never you know the u s has an interesting relationship with Mexico both in a political per capacity and Soccer capacity. where you're never—they're never going to have that kind of love. They're never going to receive that kind of love from the Americans. Let's put it that way. So the U.S. Hold on, but my point
1: was—hold on, but my point was—in every other sport, you have people that obviously root for other people. You have former players that that still are the broadcasters for their team for for, for games involving their team. Steve Kerr was a broadcaster that broadcasted the Bulls and the Suns. And Reggie Miller was a broadcaster of the Pacer games. And you get this with Troy Aikman, who broadcast the Cowboys. I believe that in their, if, you, if you polled them, they'd probably say, yeah, we, we wish that, the, that the, the Cowboys would have won. Daryl Johnson, the same thing. But you don't see them adamantly pulling homering for their team on a national broadcast. Or, I mean, you can even go in the Super Bowl. You have, you have guys that are broadcasting that have been former players of one or both of these teams. You don't see them homering for their team. I'm not sure I enjoyed. Look, I like the nationalism that they showed, but I'm not sure it's the right place. Maybe. Look, I'm I'm asking your opinion. I'm not necessarily.
2: There's no right or wrong answer to this. I don't know. I I think when you when you bring in a team to a new country, and most of them are, you know, this is probably how they, you know, were represented on Sky TV and on the BBC. They probably just didn't, change, you know, where you were allowed to kind of be more pro than typical. And usually, you have one, you know, one guy from other, from other from different country, you know, one guy from each country. You know, there were a lot of people from the U.K. for this tournament. So I think it kind of came out a little bit more than usual. That's all. I agree it happened. It wasn't something I paid a lot of attention to, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it was, a good story. it was a good story. And they had more – there was no U.S. team. And there were more UK people from the U.K. in the pregame shows than from anywhere else. So I think kind – of, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I just think sometimes it's, it's just natural; it naturally is going to happen.
1: Okay, from from players that did show up to players that are not showing up, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell, who better damn well show up by week one, because if he doesn't, we have a really big hole in our in our lineup. Although, do you think it's possible that
2: Pittsburgh cuts him? No. Now, explain to me the logic of, of Pittsburgh cutting them.
1: All right, so the logic of Pittsburgh cutting You have a running back in James Conner or another running back in whoever. Uh, they drafted another running back this week, this year. That they're paying $500,000 to and not or sorry $14.5 million to. So they got these two guys who you know what, may have talent, may not have talent, may have 75% of the talent that Le'Veon Bell does, and they're getting him at one-tenth of the price, more than that, less than that, excuse me, one right. one-twentieth of the price. And you'll have him for training camp, and you'll have him for the whole season. And as we saw last year, Le'Veon Bell, in the first three games, did almost nothing. I mean, we survived. Steelers survived. But he didn't have a very good first three games. He, sh- he more than made up for it through the rest of the season. A team that has never been one of those teams that takes anything lying down. In fact, it's the opposite. They're the ones that tell players what to do. Here we have a situation where you have a player that's saying, you know what, I'm just going to show up the first day of, of, not the first day of camp, but the first, the first game and you'll take me as I am, you're still going to pay me $850,000 a game. That would be the reason to dump him. And because if Le'Veon Bell got showed the door right now, there aren't many teams that have any money left under the cap
2: to do anything. Well, I guess I look at it a little bit differently. If I'm Pittsburgh, I think I'm the second best team in the AFC. I think you have a New England, potentially the best team in the AFC. I still think despite losing the Jacksonville, I think I'm better than they are. New England is, it's kind of hard to figure out what to make out of New England. At worst, I'm a bona fide threat to make, to make and win the Super Bowl, potentially a favorite. I am not a favorite without Le'Veon Bell. Am I willing to give up? Most likely, any Super Bowl aspiration to prove that point. That's the only. Otherwise, your point makes perfect sense. But John Connor is not leading. Is most likely not going to be leading this team to the to the Super Bowl. They're just not. He's just not. You know, maybe he, maybe he gets nine hundred yards. Maybe he gets a thousand yards or eleven hundred yards even, but. At the end of the day, this team is based primarily on Le'Veon Bell, and then Antonio Brown. In my mind, without the threat that Bell offers, they're they're not a they're not a they're not a threat. They may make the playoff, They'll make they'll make the playoffs because the division is weak, and they may win a game. But under no circumstances can I see them going any further without Le'Veon Bell. And that's why, you can't, that's why you can't cut him. Okay,
1: that's fair. If you want to call in and talk about this, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. This will be Le'Veon Bell's last year in a Pittsburgh Steel uniform. I, yes. In fact, I believe that he will be a Jet next year. I think the Jets will overpay for him and they will sign him at the end of this year, and they will pay oogles amount of money for this guy. Because, as I said before, many teams don't have cap room. If he got cut tomorrow, the Jets actually do. (laughs) The Jets have enough cap room to pay him $15, $16 million right now if they wanted to.
2: I guess the bigger question is, will he still be on the Seth and Sean's uh, fantasy team next year? Well, I think he's
1: probably more likely to be on there than Antonio Brown.
2: That is probably true. Although we'll have to keep both as long as possible. They may
1: take up one one half of our salary cap by the time it's done. Ladies and gentlemen, we've held on to the Bell and Brown combo now. I believe it's for four straight years. uh, Getting Le'Veon Bell at, I believe, 12 when we first got him. And Antonio Brown... At somewhere around twenty five or twenty six and now, with our add on costs five dollars per year, Brown is up to about fifty two and Bell is now at somewhere around thirty two and you know what Seth? It, it, if i'm if i 'm a prognosticator of prognosticators, I believe this is the last year of the bell and brown combo i I do not see uh us spending ninety four dollars on two players next year. I I have a really I, hard time looking at it that way.
2: I would assume not. Well, um, it also depends. Now we say this with a bit of reluctance because let's be honest: in four years, they've led us to two championships, and four finals, and two championships. So great. Would you say?
1: I said agreed. I, I'm I'm with yeah. you. I think the only way that we can, we can hold on to these two guys again is if we get like a dollar guy or like a five dollar guy to protect. So we have three guys with an average of 30 rather than an average of 40 or something like that. that probably- I think that may be the yeah. only way that we can pull this off. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have Rookies that you'd like to to show us the way, uh, we'll be, and 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 their names are not Saquon Barkley, because Lord knows he's not going for one dollar. Uh, we'll happily take uh, some suggestions here on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show with our fantasy football preview, which will be happening in about three weeks. Uh, just a little note: so we're going to have our NFL preview. I know we're we're talking a little bit far out, but but it needs to be done. Probably because I'm going to be in a, in a country long, long away by the time this happens. For a
0: change, our, change.
1: Our, as, for a change, this year it will be Japan and South Korea. Um, to the much to the chagrin of my mother, uh, we will do we will do the NFL preview as usual the first week in September, right before the first game. We will do our fantasy football preview the week before. So that's the last week in August. And then the week before that, so we're looking at September 4th, I believe, Tuesday night for our NFL preview. It may be Tuesday during the day because I got a feeling the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show Football Team Fantasy Football League or Nevada Alice Fantasy Football League will probably be on that day, the draft. So it'll probably be earlier in the day. The week of August 30th will be our uh and uh fantasy football preview, and then the week before that the week of august twenty third will be our
2: college football preview live from japan uh tokyo well, so, that actually seems, why not It actually is an appropriate place for you to host the- this the college football show right because, because I know nothing about college that... football and neither today <laughs> exactly <laughs> so but... So I thought that actually made perfect. Yeah, Sean has decided so, that he really doesn't want to live in the States anymore and just, is just going to travel every yeah. six weeks until, just until. Until my money runs out <laughs> or until,
1: yeah. until I forget about countries. Uh, right now, I am planning on spending the whole month of, of February in, in Australia. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, so far, that, that's where we're going. So we're, we're trying Korea next. But while we're on this subject, and then we'll get back to sports for a little bit, let, let us say congratulations to our esteemed colleague, Nabate I was not at – I don't know if you attended his uh, launch party. We're at the top of the hour, I, so probably a good I idea couldn't. to do it now. Okay, so neither one of us was able to attend. But uh, Namate is an extremely accomplished trumpeteer, um, somebody that I once made fun of because I did not know his talents. But now I am, uh, I, am, I am eating crow as he produced his first album. Um, look, we, if you want, we'll, we'll definitely prop it up on the Facebook page and the Twitter page. But that's some accomplishment to our buddy, Nabate Al. So, uh, congratulations, Nabate. Well done. Uh, I look forward to downloading your album on July 20th. Uh, we'll, again, we'll post the link. On the Facebook page for you all to to look at and hopefully uh, support our, our colleagues, because Nava is a good guy, uh, not the most humble guy in the world, but a good guy <laughs> nonetheless, and uh, but the one thing that he doesn't really need humility for
2: is his his music he He is tremendously talented yeah uh, so, someone who uh, you know played an impromptu at my wedding. And you know he's got a good year coming up. He released this. he got engaged. he didn't get married early next year. you know, and you know his i've hosted his sports- i've hosted his t v sports t v show God it must be almost ten years now um yeah, i i
0: the man is one grammy, one love
1: Got to do with it right what your sports, his sports radio show is called What the Love Got to Do With It? No, no, that's a Tina Turner thing. Sorry. what? what something to talk I'm about, not, right? I'm not even...
0: Was a
2: joke? I'm not even sure what... The was, was. that was. was no, he had so much to talk was about. I never met. So, I'm, so I'm There you go. <laughs> What's
0: the Love Got the to Do
1: With It? It was an attempt at humor. It obviously did not work.
2: This is what... This is what for, this is, and this is why... When we when we talk about the funniest people we know, Sean I'm is not in that way. conversation. You're actually right on par with uh, with my mother in law. When we think of humor, those wow. are the, two, the first No they Come, come on. That's awful. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone found that line by if they found that line by by Sean funny, please call on to the show on seven six oh two eight three O eight four six. That is
1: aw- That that is awful. Okay, so I obviously want to be here. Seth wants to be here, but there's a guy in the NFL. I mean, we we found this out a week ago, a week week and a half ago. Of, I've never heard of this before. I think this may be the first in any sport. A guy that gets elected to the Hall of Fame and says, "You know what? Nah, I'm not gonna come." No way, no how. You're only one of the best players of all time. But in typical Terrell Owens fashion, he's making a joke out of this. I'm not really sure it's a joke. And the NFL and the NFL PA and the NFL Hall of Fame is pretty much calling his block court and saying, you know what, T.O.? You go do you. We're gonna put, we'll, we'll put a bust up at some point for you. But during the NFL Hall of Fame weekend, we're not going to mention you at all. You're, you're just not there. You're, you're not a member of the class. Well, eventually you'll be recognized. But, but for the purposes of the Hall of Fame weekend, you're persona non grata. We're, we're, you're, you're an imaginary figure.
0: I think that's a little beneath
1: the that? Hall of Fame. I think they're being incredibly petty. I think this is garbage. I, th- I think it's garbage. I think they're sinking to a standard where they don't have to be there. I mean, what what difference does it make? Does that mean that anybody that's dead, that is posthumously human? Come on, give me the word. I can't. I can't ever say this word. Yeah, posthumously.
0: Persum-
1: posthumously. Oh, posthumously awarded a Hall of Fame jacket. Are they not there because they're not there? I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous on the fact that T.O. doesn't want to go. But you know what? That's his right. But I think it's, it's awful that the, NF, that the NFL Hall of Fame is stooping to, the, to that level of, of
2: pettiness. What are your thoughts? I think it's kind of funny. Like, I agree. The reality is they don't have to give a huge acknowledgement to him. But look, he's not going to be there. But he, he is a member. And based upon him being inducted as a member, there are certain things that should go with it, whether he attend, chooses to attend or not. He doesn't have to give, you know, he's giving his speech at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. I think it's Tennessee, Chattanooga. He's, you know, there should be an acknowledgement at the ceremony. Nothing more really, nothing less, but there should be an acknowledgement. Um, you know, I feel more sorry for the other members who are who are getting in like a Jerry Kramer who's waited 15 years, to, you know, 15 tries to get in, you know, who's being overshadowed. You know, the problem is, while I agree the Hall of Fame is not handling this correctly, I find it more disappointing that people who are getting in are now being completely overshadowed by this. You mean
1: T.O.'s being T.O.?
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I, I I feel you. I hear you. I mean, it is a shame because, especially since he said, he always said numerous times, he's like, congratulations to Jerry Kramer. Of that. Well, you moron. The only reason we can't be congratulating these guys is because we're just talking about you and your antics, right? I mean, we're back to the same old crap. I thought we were done with this when you retired. Now, he's saying he's not even retired. He's coming back to the CFL.
0: Yeah,
2: he's supposedly playing um for the, for the Edmonton Eskimos. And I love it. And I mean,
1: I love the fact that he wants to play. Look, more power to him. If you're 46 years old, I know what my 42-year-old body feels like. I couldn't do that. I couldn't even think about doing that. I know you couldn't think about doing that. If he thinks he can do that, more power to him at 46.
0: I could think about it. I just couldn't do it. Um,
2: no, I completely agree. Everyone should have the right, if they want to continue their sports career. You know, and you know, when, maybe when I was younger, I, I I thought more about it from a legacy standpoint. The reality is, these guys can do whatever they want, and if he is in shape to keep playing, and he still enjoys the game, and he's good enough to to play at any play at some kind of professional level, that's up to him. Now, what I would wonder about is if he tore it up in the Canadian League and somehow made a, made, made a NFL roster, which of course is extremely unlikely. I wonder how they all, how I wonder if there'd be any Hall of Fame impact, or I guess there's two. I I'm trying to because in every sport there's always a waiting there's always a wait until you can get in with a few assumptions. And I'm trying to think if there's ever been someone who's come back after they've been inducted. As a player, not not, as, uh, no, not coming
1: back as a coach. Not as a coach, right, because we definitely had the coaches, right? George Seifert came back as a coach. I don't think we've ever had a player because of that five-year rule, because by the time you retire, you're so old, or supposedly so old, that you wouldn't make it back. Now, there's no way T.O. is making an NFL roster again. It's nothing else, because nobody wants him. Not necessarily because... He may still be able to play. Truth be told, at the end of his career, he probably could have still played the same way Barry Bonds could have still played. But when you become so much of a cancer, and and I know that's a bad word, but let, let's call it what it is, he was a clubhouse cancer. It was me, 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 same way Barry Bonds was. It didn't matter what talent you... Look, Barry Bonds had an on-base percentage that I believe led baseball the year before he retired. And nobody wanted to sign him, even as a designated hitter. So when that happens, you got to look at it and say, huh? How can that happen? Well, because nobody wants you because of your attitude. I would give it a z- I don't even give it any chance. Zero chance. Zero percent. I will be happy to eat some crow and eat a lot of crow if anybody would sign to again, no matter what he does in the CFL.
2: Yeah, look, as I said, I'm just kind of playing the devil's advocate on uh, on this, but yeah, I do feel, uh, feel I do find it unlikely. But again, you know, we're overshadowing, you know, Brian Erlacher, You're overshadowing Randy Moss, and you're, it takes a lot to overshadow Ray Lewis and Randy Moss. But oh, and. And I'm
1: actually surprised that Ray, we haven't heard at all from Ray Lewis on this.
2: Oh, Jake got hurt. Yeah, Jake. Jake has been sick, which is why he's been a little. And Carly's, well, suffice it to say, there's probably a reason I'm going to skip the August seventh show. So, Carly's pregnant. Uh, yes, Carly's <laughs> pregnant. Were you unaware of this fact?
1: No, you said Jake is sick and Carly's well. Well, Carly's pregnant.
0: News a everybody bit past- on the show. Carly's pregnant. <laughs> Carly's a little bit past
2: being pregnant at this point. Although she's giving me a strange look. Well, no, she is still pregnant. But we are on the... Absolute home stretch at this point. So it has been a it has been a tiring few weeks for the Cayman's clan. It's been a labor
0: wait let, let
1: let let's try and be funny here. It's been a laborious couple of weeks. yeah Yeah, no. Didn't work either. Yeah. Didn't work. Okay. No, That's fair. Didn't work. Didn't work. Still not funny. Okay. Still not funny. Unfunny. Okay. Um so I gather you didn't uh, look, I was on a plane last night, so I did not get to catch the home run hitting contest, which Bryce Harper of the
2: nationals won. uh, any interest or did you watch it at all? Saw so a few minutes of it on my computer while I was hanging with Carly and the kid. Um, obviously not okay. enough. Really. To, I didn't see the end. I saw Schwarber, mm-hmm. uh, in, I saw Schwarber actually in both of his, uh, wins. Um, yeah, it's a fun story. Look, Harper's charismatic, great home run hitter. He had eight out of nine to tie it, which is pretty amazing. But the reality is, the dude's hitting two twelve. <laughs> um, it's hard. You know,
1: it's would you ra- uh, would you rather see a home run? Has the home run hitting contest run its course? So. Yeah. Would you rather see... you
2: it to the slam dunk? Are you going to compare it to the slam dunk contest?
1: I wasn't. I wasn't.
2: I was going to say,
1: would you be in favor of adding additional things like the NA, like the NBA and the NHL skills
2: competition? No, I'm not sure. Yeah, I probably would. I mean, the reality is similar to the dunk contest. Most of the most of the premier home run hitters aren't in it. There's no Aaron Judge or Mike, St- or sorry, Jean Carlos Stanton. You know, when I look through, I, like Freddie Freeman is a great, is a really good player having an almost MVP year. But he's not really known as a home run hitter. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber to me is Dave King, is, is, a, is, a, is a Dave Kingman-ish. You know, you want to see the best players. Cause that, to me, that, that's who I care about. That's how I think it differs from the dunk contest. Because um, there's no, with the dunk contest, you can have originality and creativity. You know, the home run contest is a home run contest. Um, I care when I know who these p- people are or when I've seen them, or watched them play. I had no clue who Jesus, uh, Jesus Aguia Aguil- was. Aguil- Just don't. So it's hard, you know, I don't know who these players are. Why, why am I going to watch them?
1: Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, we have now shown. Uh, experience with the, with the Milwaukee Brewers where it's Jesus Aguiar <laughs> not Jesus Aguila. <laughs> <laughs> so be that in that its own right up. yeah that in its own right by the way you know who's got closer stats to Dave Kingman than Kyle Schwarber
2: Aaron Judge Gary Sanchez how about Bryce Harper a no <laughs> how about
1: Bryce absolutely. Harper
2: this year, absolutely. So, ladies
1: and, g- ladies and gentlemen, there are two t- there are two players in NBA, in Major League Baseball history that led the league in home runs with batting averages under 200. One of them was Dave Kingman, who hit 37 home runs with a 197 batting average. Now, the best part is I'm doing this off the top of my head, and Seth is going, "How does he know this?" Well, it's just no, one of those not. things. And and no, and not. number two is Rob is Rob Deer. Rob
2: Deer, Who led yeah. the
1: league with a 196 batting average. And now we have Bryce Harper with 214. The difference was Rob Deere and Dave Kigman never were in the top five salaries of Major League Baseball. And they're still talking about Bryce Harper with a $400 million contract.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is that. insane.
1: Insane. But... One thing that we will know in the next 48 hours, reports are that Manny Machado has been traded. Yes. Now, why so that, do we not know that not today? Well, we don't know that today because we don't want Manny Machado going from the American League to the National League tonight. Because if they announce it right now, he'd have to suit up in the All-Star game for the other team if he got traded to the National League. What I think would be great theater... Is that they announced it midway through the game, and he had to switch dugouts.
2: I it think would, that be quite, be, it tremendous, would be quite fun. And since since the since the uh, since the, so the All Star game is back to not really having any value other than just being the, friend friendly, you could do that. Wouldn't really make much of a difference.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's where you would go. I think it would be great. I think he's either well. Look, nobody knows where he's going, but I think the fact that he, that it's not being announced to me means he's definitely going to the National League. The two biggest National League contenders that were in for him were the, were the Phillies and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a perfect match for Machado because they only want a one-year rental because Corey Seager is out for the rest of the year. So they only want a shortstop for the rest of the year, and they're willing to pay for a one-year rental. Could Machado mean the difference between playoffs and World Series? Absolutely. He is a top-ten player in Major League Baseball. He's been on my Fantasy League team the whole year. Has had a great year so far. Machado, lead me to a championship. So far, I'm on a 16-game winning streak right now. Lead me to a championship. You got this, Manny. You got it. So, so we have Major League Baseball at its half-point. Jacob DeGrom is leading the major leagues with a 1.63 ERA and is only 5-4. <laughs> and four. Very Felix Hernandez and I'm Hernandez.
2: struggling. Circa. Felix Hernandez circa what, 2011? <laughs> yeah, where
1: he went, 14-13? and
2: 13? Yep. Yep, and won to Cy Young. Now, he's not going he to win at as he
1: You know what's interesting, though? So, I know you're not a baseball stat guy, but you understand what war is, right? W-A-R.
2: Yeah, wins above replacement.
1: Yeah. Okay, wins above replacement. So there is a stat, ladies and gentlemen. It's called war, if you're not familiar with it, which takes a barometer of an average player, basically a replacement player. It's a comparison of all players across every position because it it calculates a win above the replacement for that player, so a replacement-level player. A war of six over the course of an entire year is an all-star level player. A war of 10 is a Mike Trout level player. He did it last year. I think he's done it three straight years, actually. Bryce Harper has never, uh, I believe, has only had a 10 once. I don't believe Manny Machado has ever had a 10. I think Ruth had a 10 like 10 out of 20 years. Jacob DeGrom has a six at the all-star break. He's 5-4. and four. And ladies and gentlemen, war doesn't go down. War only goes no. up. So he's got a 6 at the All-Star break with a 5-4 and four record. To me, that is insane. Now, I'm putting your, put, I'm putting your GM cap on, Seth Gaemans. You are the GM of the New York Mets. You get paid nothing. And you have a very good, you have a very bad ownership group. You get paid next to nothing. You have all these older, well, a good amount of older players. You have some good prospects coming up. But you obviously know that this year is over, right? I mean, you're not making a run this year. You have two studs. You have Jacob deGrom, and you have Nova Syndergaard. Are you trading either one of these?
2: The problem I see... Well, they have Syndergaard under contract for what? Three more years?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I'm sorry. Jacob deGrom is under contract for this year and two more. Syndergaard is under contract. For, it's not under contract, but under control, right? You can go to arbitration. Yeah, I meant, so He's not going to be I a free agent. Control. Right. Right. Syndergaard is under control for this year and three more. So these guys are... This, these are the best two guys on the market. Bryce yeah. Harper, Manny Machado, it doesn't matter. No matter who comes out this year, unless his name is Mike Trout, these two guys would be the best, assuming they're healthy, would be the best players on the market.
2: I think it's a tough call. I really do. It's not like you have him for, for this in one more year. You have seen the card, you have seen the card for three and a half more years under under control. His salary is re- both salaries are reasonable. Obviously they're gonna want enormous The going to, has already said if he can't get a long term deal he wants out. I mean you're the Mets expert more than I am. The team is every other pitcher, you know, you had that, you know, three years ago when you were, when you went to the when you went to the World Series and you had a staff of Wheeler, Mets, Harvey, you know Syndergaard and Degrom. He had Colonian. I think he had Colon also. He had one other pitcher. I forget who. Who wasn't you know twenty three. You know you had the world. You kind of had the world by the uh, proverbial. You know what? Harvey's gone. Yeah. Wheeler has been mediocre. Mets has been injury prone. <laughs> the problem is. You know, yeah, you're going to get a, you'll get prospects. I know with the Yankees, there would probably be some comment. You get Sheffield, probably Andujar, and and Clint Frazier for one of these for for one of these guys. There's no guarantees on any of them. Do you want? To, I guess the question is, if, you, if I don't know, I really don't. I didn't think, I okay. Think so, a hold on. Horrible so, situation. To, so hold on. So to put a, to
1: to put something in a little perspective before we keep going, so Jacob Degrom is six is is five and four with that one one point six three ERA. The last player to win an ERA title with an under five hundred record was any idea? It has to be a
2: starting pitcher, I'm assuming.
1: Yes. Was it Steve Carlton? So in 1987, you're, you're about the same time period. It was Nolan Ryan, who went 7 and 16 with a 2.76 ERA. He was with the Astros. You kind of You, you kind of have to ask how many times he got shut out. If he's leading the league in. Remember, 1987 was when Wade Boggs hit 25 home runs. I mean, that was the year, right? That was Mark McGuire's 49. That was, was uh, Darrell Evans with 42. That was the year that home runs just skyrocketed. So he goes 7-16. By the way, his war at the end of the year, 5.4. DeGrom's already got more. So why am I pointing out all this? So we have seen in recent times, I'll even go as far, as recent as 2001, granted that's 15 years ago, that two pitchers can win a World Series for you. Right? I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. We've seen if you get two studs and they get on a roll, first you have to get to the playoffs. But if you get two studs, you can win a World Series. I don't trade these guys at all. I don't, even get, I don't even listen, unless his name is Gleiber Torres. I mean, it's got to be so overwhelming. And by the way, the Yankees and Mets are not making a trade. It's not happening. I, I, I've talked to many Yankee fans, and they're all of the same opinion. The only way that the Yankees and Mets make a trade is if, both, if one of the teams can claim absolute victory on the back page of the New York Post. And guess what? Both teams need to do that to make the trade. And it can't happen. It, it has to be so one-sided for the Mets to make the trade and it has to be so one-sided for the Yankees to make the trade. It will never happen. Mets and Yankees don't make trades. In fact, I believe the last trade that the Mets and Yankees made of any consequence whatsoever, you have any idea who the player was?
2: Uh, I, I should... Not Craig Jeffries. Um... I want to. Say, I want to say it was a third baseman. I, 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 it rings a bell, but I just can't. I can't place. So,
1: I'm actually looking up all the Mets Yankees trades. But I believe the last one. So they've swapped fifteen. They've swapped fifteen times since 1966. So the last time that they made a trade was 2000. It looked 2000. 18, but they traded minor league players, so that doesn't really count. No, I, I the last we made a legitimate trade, and this is actually wow, this is actually closer than I thought. 2004, the Mets traded Mike Stanton for Felix Heredia. That's a pretty big deal for the for the Yankees to get Mike. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. This is after Mike. This is the yeah, Mike I Stanton say, coming back. Really yeah. Okay. So before that, the Yankees got Armando Benitez. Also, not really anything of anything. Keep not going. Tr- I, Here you go. Funny. December seventh I mean, December 7, thousand and one. The Yankees trade David Justice to the Mets for Robin Ventura.
2: Okay, I said a third baseman. Yeah, I was and in that the ball wasn't part.
1: actually the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of December eleventh, nineteen eighty seven. Where the Mets traded Rafael Santana to the Yankees—that's the one I was thinking of for a whole bunch of players. But that was the one I was thinking of. So, so they don't make trades that often, is what we're saying. Sixteen times in over in a, in over fifty years, they're not making a trade actually, for the two best players. What? No,
2: I agree. That's but that's actually that's actually a pretty decent number of trades between two random teams. I'm going to say the Yankees probably haven't had 16 trades in 50 years with more than three-quarters of the teams in the, in the Major League Baseball. I don't know. These, I don't well, think it's insignificant but, okay.
1: I think it's insignificant when you look at who the players are because there's no nobody. It's, okay, so neither team is going to make – look, you had Robin Ventura for David Justice. It was a one-for-one one player, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Right there, there was no real winning, no real losing, and it was made in the off season. Could you imagine the Mets making that trade today, and Syndergaard and or Degrom is pitching Game One at Yankee Stadium in the World Series? Because obviously, that's no. what the Yankees would want, right? That's that's yeah. the goal. Yeah, the if Yankees Williams are funny, for ends and purposes.
2: Yeah. It wouldn't a be Lucas
1: Severino. Yeah, it would be the number one guy in, in the World Series. Oh, DeGrom would be the number one guy. Syndergaard would be the number one guy. No, no, if for no other reason than they've both pitched in the World Series already. Okay, so we have approximately five minutes left. Seth, would you like to start us off, please?
2: I will start us off. With a big day on Sunday. Happy birthday, little dude. My oh, favorite no, person no. in the
0: world oh. is going to be two years old.
2: And oh. okay, one of my two favorite people in the world.
0: Oh, there no, you go. I knew
2: she was watching. Okay. <laughs> so she's shooting hoops right now with him. Nine and a half months pregnant and feeling like crap. That's why my wife is awesome. Um so couldn't love, the dude, couldn't love the kid anymore. He is so much fun. Got a killer jump shot, which confuses me. Kicks the as a better soccer kick than I probably did in five, and he's just a lot of fun to hang out with. And hopefully, he'll be a good big bro, big brother. We'll find out in about two weeks or three weeks.
0: <laughs>
2: so okay, happy so birthday,
0: Keith!
1: So, a if you think you're going to find out whether he's a big, good big brother in three weeks. You haven't been around two kids very much, so the good big brother is not going to happen you. for like fifteen years. So yes, that's number so one. The whole idea
2: is I'm hoping he's not going to use he's not going to use his his sister's head as a ball. <laughs> okay, that's so my that's, number that, one. That is my that that is that is our family yep. theory on on whether he's going to be a big good big brother at age two.
1: Okay, so number one, congratulations to the Wimbledon winners because we didn't even talk about tennis. Congratulations to Serena Williams who came back from being... who's a mother now, came back from having... from childbirth, making the... back from childbirth... back from having a child and made the finals again. Uh, She did lose but was humble in defeat. And... In this age of players, especially after watching the World Cup and how all the flopping and all the talking back and all the yellow cards and red cards, it was nice when somebody lost to show some modesty and to congratulate the winner and spend a couple of minutes doing that. So congratulations to Serena Williams. Congratulations to the president of Croatia. Who greeted every single player on that team in the pouring rain in Moscow? Because you didn't have to do it, and you showed empathy towards a a team that put everything out on the field. Croatia, you guys were a really fun team to watch. I enjoyed. And the guy with like the headband thing—that guy's like the never—he's like the Energizer Bunny. I don't think he ever came out of the game. I don't know what team that guy's on. What team is he on professionally? Real Madrid. Oh, darn it. I thought he would be on a team (laughs) I could actually root for. No, well, look, I I enjoyed watching him play a lot because he reminded me with many, many more skills of myself in that he just kept going. (laughs) The stamina was there. Well, look, look, what's the one reason you hated playing me at tennis? Because I just wouldn't stop. Look, if nothing else, I don't have any soccer skills. I don't have any basketball skills, but I'll never die on the court. You will never be able to run circles around me.
2: If any women
0: are so looking I, for a man
2: with no sense of humor and no sports skills, please feel free to reach out next but, week and call 762 Wait, wait, wait. Boy, a lot of stamina.
1: There you go. wop okay and womp, womp. and fun- no womp, womp, no womp, womp, okay, and finally, congratulations, so no to, jo- congratulations to Josh Reddick, <laughs> and you're going to say why, because you probably have no idea what I'm talking about right now, so josh Reddick is an outfielder for the Houston Astros, and he's been he's been on the Red sox, he's been on the on the a's yeah, he's yeah. bounced around a little sure. bit. And when he he signed with the Astros, he signed a pretty big contract. I think it was four years and like $64 million. He's got a lot of money. He, in his hometown, created a million-dollar baseball field that is completely handicap accessible, 100%. That is beyond impressive, beyond impressive, because having dealt with a handicapped woman for two weeks, with my grandmother, I understand the troubles that handicapped people have getting around, and to be able to go onto a field and do everything that everybody else would do. Well done, Josh Raddick. Well done. Okay. So we got 30 seconds left, 20. For Seth Kamens, this is Sean Palmer. Uh, next week will be one step closer to baby Cayman's, so we'll see if Seth's on the show or not. But we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL training camps that are starting and we'll do a little NFL fantasy football preview. Once again, Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer, backsportspage.com. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.